Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. All right, guys, we've got a wonderful flight here for you today. We are going to be talking about tequila. ASA. All right. This is going to be great. We're going to be tasting some wonderful tequilas here on this flight. I've got a special guest here with me today. Mr. Corey Campbell uh, works with Microtech. Wonderful bits of cutlery. Make sure you check them out. Some nice stabby things. Uh, you know, hey, after you drink a whole bunch of tequila, you may be in the mood to stab something. So Absolutely. that's you never know. a good yep. pairing. Uh, so, well, yeah, we're going to... Before we get started, uh, we need to say thanks to our show sponsor today, Maya and Ming's Mexican Chinese. If you guys are looking for an amazing Mexican Chinese restaurant, check them out. They have such signature dishes as General Jose's Chicken, Sweet and Sombrero Pork, and their infamous succulent refried fried rice. Guys, if you're looking to have a great Mexican Chinese meal, check them out and thanks for the support. Wow. Thanks for that, Matt. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> that sounds outstanding. All right. Amazing. So we're going we're gonna to break into this. Uh, now, normally on our flights, guys, we have usually five spirits. Uh, we've got quite the list here. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be a little bit tipsy by the time this is over. We've Dude, got a lot might. of tequila to taste. Oh, here. yeah. And they all look amazing. I'm they do. So. They do. So what prompted this uh, little podcast here? is Corey is a bit of a tequila connoisseur. And when he uh, heard that, you know, we were doing the flights and stuff, he offered to come down and do a tequila flight because he is a tequila man. And from my understanding, uh, tequila is a bit misunderstood. I think that a lot of people associate tequila as a cheap mixer or as a drink that when you when you have, you know, five shots of tequila, you get a headache and you wake up with a horrible hangover. Um, those are common misconceptions just because tequila is not treated uh, with the proper respect that it deserves. So we do have here some really, really nice high-end tequilas. Uh, there are a lot of different, um, you know, things to consider with tequila. And I'm, I'm going to lean on Corey pretty heavily here uh, to school us on these different types of tequilas. Um are you a tequila man, Matt? Um, I do like tequila. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole uh, like I would on, say, like a bourbon or uh, anything else. Just because it's uh, bourbon in general, um, it's an American product. So it's, oh, it's almost uh, re- sacrilegious to not know about it. Uh, I do know a little bit about tequila just because when you're into the spirits world, um, you do a little bit of research on everything. And, you know, of course, through my time growing up, you learn like, you know, it's very similar to the way they categorize champagne. So you have like, hey, champagne is only champagne if it's made in champagne. Uh, Same thing with tequila. If anything made outside of a certain area is mezcal uh, versus like tequila, which is made in one specific area of Mexico. I think I think the thing that excites me the most, like you were saying, tequila is very misunderstood. So we could have done this a couple of ways. We could have started with some very low-end tequilas and gone up, but just because it's so misunderstood, I definitely wanted to... I know you guys brought some as well, but I wanted to bring some different tequilas down that really kind of express the versatility of tequila. And I think by the end of this, you guys will agree with me that tequila is 
if not one of the most, the most diverse spirit there is. Ooh. Tequila has been around that. a long time, hasn't it? It has. It has been around since technically roughly 1000 BC. So, wow. Technically, the Aztecs were kind of through history were the first people to mess with like the agave plant. And so they didn't particularly use tequila, uh, but they used something. It was essentially like a milky substance that was fermented uh, from the agave plant and the agave heart. Um, and it was kind of that is technically the origins of tequila. Um, I guess the story goes that there was a like a thunderstorm or a lightning storm and some tequila ended up getting uh, was caught on fire um, by a bolt of lightning and they realized that um it you know when it roasted it gave off this very interesting kind of fruity you know aroma um and then they sort of started experimenting with it a little bit and god i think i believe it's called a uh, plaque is like the milky substance that the aztecs so that they kind of started literally you know thousand bc was the official kind of birth of tequila now were wow. they getting drunk really on cool. this milky substance if i had to guess i would say so um they actually created two different gods that they worshipped um that they attributed to their discovery of tequila so one looked looked after like the fields and everything and the other one specifically looked after like the agave the plant itself so they got so trashed on this milky substance made they, that they, they came gods. up with a god to protect it that's <laughs> yeah. how revered it was and it's it's also interesting because even the cheapest most inexpensive you know and quite you know low quality tequila I think what people don't appreciate is how much actual raw material costs go into tequila. So even the cheapest tequila all technically has to be made with Blue Weber agave. And at a minimum, it takes one agave plant six, roughly six years to mature. And, and it can go from about six to eight years. Um, but even in the most basic form, any tequila, any true tequila that you see, it's taken at least six years just for the plant to mature. Um, which is not the same as, you know, a lot of bourbons or, mm -hmm. you know, sake technically, and it, which are awesome in their own right. But, you know, it, it only takes a season to grow, you know, corn or different types of wheat and things like that that are, are attributed with those types of uh, spirits. So tequila takes a very, very long time to manufacture as, you know, just from start to finish. And so there's, there's a lot of cool things you can do from start to finish in the process that kind of changes the way it tastes. And you can really get a lot of flavor, different flavors out of tequila. And I don't know if it's my particular palate. I can taste them, but I definitely notice when somebody has done something different to tequila, you definitely can, can pick it out of, of a tasting. Cool. I had no idea that it took that long to get everything up and running. So with basically with what you see with other spirits, like, you know, outside of like, you know, bourbon, whiskey, where you're aging it for six years, this is basically growing for six mm -hmm. years. And then you're kind of reaping the benefits of of that plant. And that is even, like I said, that's even with the most inexpensive tequilas. Wow. Okay, cool. So wow. what do we got, man? Let's. I'm I'm super stoked. We I'm have ready to break into this. We have quite a few tequilas to get into. And I would like to just add before we um, get cracking here. Um that a lot of the tequila brands and Corey and I were talking about this earlier, and I just I think we should preface this with the statement is that when you look at like just a generic bottle of Jose Cuervo, like you see in a bar where they're mixing it and making drinks and things, or people are just shooting it real quick and with the lime and the salt and all, um, it's not that those brands can't make a really high end libation, right? They do 
make higher, much higher end, uh, you know, tequilas. Right. Okay. So it, it's worth noting that we are going to be tasting from some of the brands that you would associate with a cheaper tequila. We're going to be tasting some of their higher end offerings. Absolutely. Uh, today as we go. And I've got a spec sheet here. And what I'm going to do, since you're probably better with pronouncing some of these words, I'm not going to try to uh, botch these words. I'm Perfect. going to pass this sheet to you. And if you'd like to read off, and I will pour while you inform. How about Perfect. that? Perfect. All right. <clears throat> I guess you're going to go number two, right? Yep. First, second one first. <clears throat> so the first one we we're actually going to try is one of our. I guess more basic tequilas. Um, it is a type. It's a Don Julio Reposado. There's nothing special about it. Um, actually, the one we're going to try first is a special edition one, which will kind of will we'll contrast the two of them. So th- the one that we have right now is actually, um, yeah, that, the Don Julio right there. Yeah. So that is a, a basic one. It's going to run you about fifty dollars a bottle, um, and it's going to have a little bit of fruity aroma to it. Um, so there's five. While he's pouring, there's five different types of tequila technically. So you have your Blanco tequilas, which are clear, or they might be called Plato. You have your Reposado tequilas. And the biggest difference is, so your most, I guess, versed aficionados of tequila actually tend to prefer the Blancos. And it's because most of the time when you go deeper into the rabbit hole of tequila, they've been aged in some type of oak or some type of wood. And most very kind of versed uh, tasters of tequila prefer the the Plato or Blanco version because you get the most pure essence of what the creators were trying to accomplish. Um, but so typically with like reposados like this, it has to be aged um, more than two months um, in some type of, of barreling or casking. And the cool thing, like I think we were, uh, you guys were talking about is there are actually a ton of laws that specifically are kind of very, very strict. There's actually an entire organization in uh, Central America that controls the, the actual production and sell of tequila. Um, you can't even taste a barrel of tequila without them being present because they don't want you to add anything to it. Um, like it's, it's incredibly strict. Wow. Um, so this particular tequila, the Don Julio Reposado, this particular one has been aged for eight months in American white oak barrels. Um, it's got a very mild amber color, um, which you kind of, you can see just barely. It's very, very mild, um, offers a rich kind of smooth finish. This particular one, because it's been aged in American oak, you're gonna, you can just smell a little bit of the oakiness to it. Um, it's gonna have a bit more bite, kind of like a bourbon or a whiskey, um, but it's still gonna be super, super smooth. So here's the first flight. We'll try right. this one. It, it we'll have a taste. Um, I'd also like to just make a quick note. Uh, the bottle is a beautiful amber color. Um, it has an old world look to it, a really cool looking wooden stopper. Um, it totally looks like a bottle that you would just see on the shelf like 100 years ago. It has an old-world appearance in terms of the packaging. All right. Nice smell. Got some on my nose. I was, Uh-oh. I put, dude, you don't understand. It smells so fresh and like crisp that I put my nose so far in there, it got up my nose. Yeah, I'm almost getting hints of like bourbon more yeah. than mm-hmm. even a, a, a tequila. All right, we're going to give it a taste. That's lovely. Very smooth. Yeah. A little bit of a smokiness from the oak yes. barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you'll see that with a lot of reposados. The difference you will see as we kind of move through is some of these are going to be aged in some type of oak barrel multiple times. 
or very different ones. So the next one we're going to try, since we just tried the Don Julio Reposado, is going to actually be the Don Julio Reposado that's been double casked in Laguvala barrels, which is essentially scotch. Okay. Um, this is, if you're a bourbon or scotch or even a whiskey drinker and you're trying to get into the world of tequila, this would be a phenomenal place for you to start just because it will be kind of the easiest transition into tequila. I, I find it I find it very interesting that they did one they did two different bottlings. So one is bottled like you would bottle a bourbon and a new charred white oak barrel, which is mm-hmm. a, a requirement for bourbon. And this offering from the same company went the Scotch route as so you're they're saying, hey, this is the same product, but we aged it two different ways so you can get two different flavor profiles. Um, I think that's really cool, and not a lot of companies would do that because the bottle looks the same. It's the same exact bottle, just letting you you just have to read the label and see which flavor profile you would like. I love the old world look. Oh yeah, it looks you know, like it's it would a very, be... a very authentic in my mind, authentic bottle that I would picture a tequila being. I, I imagine that being on the wall shelf of a saloon in Mexico. If you're walking through and like old cowboy style with like uh, spurs on your boots. Ooh, smoke city. Very, very smoky. Yeah. So when you hundred percent, when yeah. you smell this one, you're going to get a lot of the smoke from the scotch. When you taste it, though, there's a very good chance you will get some some notes on the top side of like caramel and things like that. It'll Maybe really start. It'll really start coming through. Um, but this particular one was done um, in collaboration with the Laguvalin Distillery manager Colin Gordon. Oh, very nice. And so they worked together to uh, create a kind of a new take on tequila. I'm getting a lot of citrus. Like it's a very crisp citrus like note. Very beautiful color. All right. Smells nice. Very smoky. Let's give it a taste. That bites like scotch. Wow. Yeah. But you see, so when we were talking about how how just versatile tequila is, how just aging it and scotch barrels, how much it totally transforms the flavor. So you still get a bit of that smoothness. You still have the bite from of like a scotch. It it bites like scotch. It's actually smoother than the previous offering, and it's smoke city. Like it's sm- oh, yeah. it, it just tastes like I ate a piece of charcoal. Like not in a negative way. Like basically, if you could take the essence of charcoal and put it into a drink, it's it's smoke. Like it, it, it's really good. I'm very surprised. Yeah, that one is. Um, it's fantastic. Unfortunately, it is uh, limited edition. So I actually saved that one just for when we started discussing potentially doing this flight. I saved it, and it's hard to find now. What's the proofing on those two bottles? Because we totally missed that. And, I mean, it's super smooth, so I'm... All tequila is going to be 40 proof. Okay. All right. As they're they're distilling it, uh, even sort of some higher-end tequilas, as they're distilling it, most of the time it'll get up in, like, somewhere in the 50s, even the high 50s, Mm -hmm. and they add, actually add water to it to get it down to that that... 40% 40% so it's 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 a relatively lower uh, alcohol content mm-hmm. almost like a rum like yeah. a rum will be right around 37 40 proof and, as well and again you know like people all the time especially when i tell them i'm like a tequila person they're all like oh that's disgusting because they think of the really inexpensive shots mm-hmm. um you know in bars and things like that jose and, cuervo silver yeah and they <laughs> they don't realize that in my opinion tequila was originally made you know it's very artistic as like the 
the Mexican and sort of Aztec cultures. It's very, very artistic and things like that. And they take tons and tons of pride in making these. And I really think the real true essence of tequila was designed to be sipped in some fashion. The way that I've always approached it, too, is if you can't take a spirit, and I know I've said this on other flights, if you can't take a spirit and pour it in a glass, no ice, no additives, no nothing, and just drink it, is it really worth drinking? I mean, mm, you, yeah. the, the spirit has to live up to its name in a glass, no ice, just and sip on it. I guess you could say that um, it's similar to having anything that's purpose-driven. Like, these, the, the purpose of this of these spirits is to enjoy it. Like that's, it's a, it's an elongated process. You're supposed to, uh, and I'm not going to say supposed to, like you have to, but I'm I'm sure that the distillers, the master distillers and the craftsmen that that put these things together have the intent for you to enjoy it, whether that, and that's how, whether sipping it on the rocks or sipping it neat versus something like a Bacardi 151, where the sole purpose of that liquor is party time like that's what it is like just well but that's not to say though that you couldn't you know make yourself one awesome margarita with this too i mean if you just wanted to have the ultimate margarita you could always use some higher end tequila oh absolutely i agree and it's funny you bring up the margarita because the margarita was discovered on accident so um during like prohibition area and things like that so i believe margaritas were discovered in 1937 and so there was um a town pretty much that borders uh, the U.S. when Prohibition people would come down and it was much easier to travel across, you know, country lines. Um, there was a, a guy who basically was trying to make a drink, a mixed drink with brandy and accidentally just grabbed the wrong bottle. And when he made the drink, it's what kind of turned into the margarita, which became very Americanized and things like that. But that's also what a lot of Americans think of when they think of tequila. Ah, it's uh, very similar to uh, Maya and Ming's signature cocktail, the Dynasty Margarita. Um, Very similar. It was a complete accident, uh, but they just happened to grab one of their higher-end bottlings, and they, hey, a dynasty was born. Life-changing. Yes, it's great, guys. Again, check them out. What's our next one here on the uh, list? So next is going to be the Avion Reposado. Which one's that? So Avion's actually a very, very um, good tequila. They like a couple of the options we have here. Um, they don't. They do not make an inexpensive tequila. I mean, I think their cheapest bottles forty or fifty dollars. Okay. Um, so it's not not crazy. That, that's. I mean, but it's not. It's not going to totally break the bank either. But they also have some tequilas that go up into the hundreds of dollars. Um, so they really have a very diverse kind of range. I will mention as well, uh, the bottle on this particular one, it's a a little plain looking. I think they definitely, um, I don't want to say skimmed, but it's a very simple, plain uh, bottle. I think right here, the statement that they're certainly trying to make is uh, the product um, that's inside the bottle is definitely more important than what you see on the outside. In fact, out of all the spirits here on the on the table, it's probably the the most simple, basic uh, bottle. I would say, you know, packaging's a thing. I, I like to consider that. And these, remember, our listeners are not here, so we have to kind of paint a picture for them. So, um, it is a very basic bottle. It's very reminiscent of a bullet bourbon bottle. 
Like yep. if, if you were going to compare apples to apples, it's a it's a square bullet bourbon. Now, bottle. one of my favorite things you actually can see right on the bottle. One of my favorite things about Avion, even though their bottles are very very simple, they are one of the few companies that kind of walk you through the tasting process. So it should be right on the front of that bottle. It should tell you that there are some floral notes and kind of the things you will taste. And so in this particular episode, you should taste some a little bit of the smoked agave, um, which some of the other uh, offerings we will definitely get to taste here in a little bit. Um, but so obviously this particular tequila is a little bit different than some of the other offerings we have because it is actually Highland blue agave. So there are two different places that you can get blue agave um, or you can make tequila from. So you've got the highlands, then you've got obviously the lowlands. Um, and just because in the highlands you have much richer, uh, more nutrient rich soil, it just, it gives that particular blue Weber agave some different kind of tasting notes and things like that versus the more, you know, the dry lowlands. So this is definitely for about $40, $50 a bottle is a really, really good offering. You know, the one thing that I can appreciate, and I am a stickler for this, is they used an actual cork and not a synthetic cork. And I mean, some people might not even care, but it is something when you open a bottle and you have a piece of rubber there versus an actual cork, um, call it quirky or whatnot, but it's just one of those things. And I get it. Um, cork rot is a thing. People don't want cork rot, but if you store your bottles on their side, it's not really an issue. Um, I don't have a large collection, but I do make a conscious effort to go and tilt the bottles and, and kind of get that, that cork. If it's a natural cork, a little bit moist. So it doesn't, you don't get that cork rot. Cause I did have a bottle of bourbon, sadly get destroyed from some cork rot. And it was, hor- let me tell you guys, if you guys have never tasted foul bourbon from cork rot, it's, it's bad. Now, when you, Go to smell this one. You should actually notably be able to pick out some different floral hints. So some cherry, a little bit of peach and pear in this particular version. And then when you taste it, you definitely should get a little bit of a dried fruit uh, flavor. All right, let's hit it. Mm. That's actually really good. That's... Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So now, yeah, that's this really, really particular good. reposado, kind of in the price range it is, is actually aged three times longer than the industry standard of just over two months. Um, so it's actually aged for eight, about six to eight months, typically. So what I'm seeing is this bottle is like a challenge, right? So this bottle's on the shelf, and they're saying, "Hey, here's this clear bottle. Look at what's inside. Don't look at the bottle." So it's like. It's almost an anti-marketing thing. It's like they want you to concentrate on the product and 100%. not the packaging. So that's smart because so far out of the ones we've tasted, uh, that's really delicious. I it's think good. they. I think it also has to do with the order in which we tasted it because it followed the smoky yes. tequila. So we just came off the heels of having that super smoky, scotchy tequila, and that is the complete opposite. It's super crisp, super clean. It's dry. I'm not, you know, I'm not foaming at the mouth. Like some, some spirits will just kind of induce that salivation where you just have a mouthful of saliva. This most definitely does not. It's crisp. It's clean. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Even though we had the, the limited edition Don Julio that was in the scotch barrels out of the, the ones we've tried so far, that's the most complex. 
Well, you can I would really agree. taste. You can really kind of start tasting and, and smelling a lot of the different ingredients that are in that particular one. Mm-hmm. And again, that's attributed to the the Highland Blue Agave versus just the Lowland Blue Agave. I definitely love the floral, um, you know, patterns that are coming out of that. It's just, uh, it's lovely, very I'll, lovely. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I have, I'm having a really difficult time uh, breaking them apart, smell wise. They all smell very similar. But they all taste different. Yes. So all three so far have definitely been the, oh, the trip for to flavor sure. town. Yeah, they all have their amazing different tastes. I'm I'm just having a hard time personally dissecting them via smell. But now, that's not an issue for as me. As we move into the much higher end tequilas, because we do actually have a couple of very, very high end tequilas here, you will definitely start to really differentiate some of the smells and stuff. Cool, cool. Um because for the most part, other than a couple of kind of random things they're all essentially made the same which make so it makes sense not to be able to tell the the difference okay. apart um but like you said even just the different the tiny little different ways that they grow it and make it and, and toast the agave and things like that you definitely can really taste and it really comes out in the flavor i'm very curious to see the one that i don't like because every single flight that we've done there's always one that's kind of that outlier where you're like can't uh. stand and I say this every time because we uh, we always do it midway where we're like, hey, I don't think we're going to find one that we don't like. And then somewhere along the lines, it happens. But I don't know. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to knock on wood. I don't think I'm going to find one of these that I don't like. All right. We'll see. What's the next one, Corey? The next one is actually going to be, let's actually try the Jose Cuervo. Jose Cuervo! So a lot of people... Um, kind of know Jose Cuervo. They do make some some Yovan tequilas. So as we were saying earlier, there's five different Ooh. types. There's Blanco, Yovan, which is what most people associate as the like really, really cheap tequila because it's a Blanco they've just added color to. And they tend to be not pure blue agave. They tend to be 51% blue agave. And then the rest of it is 40, you know, 49% of other sugars that they ferment to make the tequila. So anytime you're thinking of like cheaper tequilas that give you a headache or just any cheaper alcohols in general, it's because it comes from, you know, other types of sugar that they've used to ferment to create alcohol. Um, and anytime you're drinking like higher end tequila, you generally should not have any issues with headaches or anything like that. And some people have actually said that the blue agave is actually semi-healthy in moderation for your liver. You know, just so I don't forget and we don't overlook it, uh, Eric just opened that bottle and it is just like a maker's mark. So it it was dipped in wax. This is black wax. Um, It was sealed. And he, when he opened it, he had to break the seal on it very nice. I'm just going to say it off the bat. Very nice packaging. Yep. It uh, nice. comes in a nice, pretty black box. Mm-hmm. Uh, the look of the bottles, definitely very old world. In fact, uh, the label of the bottle itself uh, shows some gentlemen standing out front with their sombreros. Look like they're having a good time. And the bottle itself also, I notice, um, almost has a handmade-like appearance to it. Um, it's got like these weird little like bubbles in the glass where it's like an imperfection, but it gives it this kind of authenticity. Like it was made like in someone's backyard. So I think that's what they were going for. No, in a good way. Right. In a I good think way. They were going for that. Just very down home, authentic. Look, see the, the little 
anomalies in the glass, you can see it. All the little bubbles. Right. The, let's, let's play a game real quick. Eric and I will guess how much that bottle costs based off the packaging. Well, I know how much because I bought it. Oh, well then. But you can you hold that. You don't know how much it costs. I Corey. technically don't know how much it costs, but I can probably guess. All right. So, Corey and I will guess how much we would pay for that, and you will play Bob Barker and say what the price is right. Okay. I am going to say, uh, just based off the packaging, I would pay, I'd pay 89 bucks for that. All right. What's your figure, Corey? Oh, so if I were going to buy that tequila, I would probably pay, I'd probably pay about 85 I believe this was actually um, it, it was seventy nine ninety nine. Looks like you won, Corey. Congratulations! One dollar. Do I win eighty bucks for $1. a bottle of tequila? You know that's no small sum win, of money, especially when people would associate the the brand name Jose Cuervo with a cheaper spirit. I could see where someone would be like, "Oh, that's just a bottle of Jose. What could it possibly be for eighty bucks?" Let's see what we get. So this right. is actually one of my. Tequilas that I definitely wanted you guys to try. It's probably the most complex tequila you will try today. Oh, I'm so excited. So this particular one, as you taste it, you will get hints of chamomile and actually a little bit of cinnamon. So it's going to it's gonna hit you right in sort of the mid-note range. So after you have that initial taste, you'll start to taste there's going to be cinnamon in this particular one. You're going to have a couple of different dried fruits um, as well as hazelnut. Now it is darker in color profile. So this is on the darker side. The bottle is 100% clear. So it's, I wouldn't say it's as dark as a bourbon by any means. It is not. Um, you actually, when you smell this one, you can definitely tell it smells more complex than the other three that we've tried. It does. I, I am picking up on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. I am picking up a little bit of the cinnamon on this one. Let's give it a taste. Oh, cinnamon, 100%. Like, ooh, that's like a... Phenomenal. That is wow. like a stick of big red. That is freaking ooh. awesome. That's great. Super that smooth. That is an exceptional bottle of tequila. I like that it. is actually a very, very difficult bottle of tequila to find. That is only the second bottle I've ever seen in person. Wow. And I drank the first bottle. That, that, <laughs> is, that is a very nice experience. It is. It's. I can't believe how smooth that is. I would challenge anyone who thinks that tequila is a rot gut mixer drink to taste this. No ice, no nothing. Just pour it in a glass and have a sip. That is a beautiful, beautiful spirit. And anybody listening... That, that kind of creates a differentiation. So there's there's the tequilas that are called mixtos that have sort of the, the agave as well as the other types of sugar added. Those are those tend to be, especially in bars, tend to be the tequilas that are used for mixing drinks. If you are trying tequila, you definitely want to try them the way we're trying them at room temperature, neat. Um, it's the only way you're really going to you know get all of the floral and all of the different the fruits and hazelnut and different flavors um that's the way to try them it's the only way to try tequila well, what's neat and room temperature so we are actually going to try setting i think we there's only one other tequila we're going to have that's a reposado i think everything else is an anejo so we're going to try that ron anejo in the circle circular package 
Wow, I didn't realize you brought so many. I am going to be hammered. <laughs> Holy cow. Woo. Look at that. that is, that's great. So this is going to be an interesting one because this bottle was only about $40, but it has been aged for, I want to say, 18 years. What? <laughs> I believe. And I don't understand how this bottle, this is a $40, you said $40? A bottle, that bottle alone looks like it probably costs like $10 to manufacture. Yes, this has been this has been aged for a very, very long time in American oak barrels. I and have to interrupt you, okay? I just noticed something. I saw on this bottle, it said Ron Anejo. And when I saw Anejo, I thought, oh, this is tequila. This actually is not tequila. It's rum. It says it's on Ron Zacapa. Rum of Venezuela. It's a Zacapa. Oh, I mean, so apparently we did not buy tequila. We bought rum, but I saw the word anejo and I thought, oh, well, it's tequila. And I didn't even pay attention to the bottle. So this is a, this is a, this is a rum. They they both are Spanish. An extra aged rum. All right. Look, this one will work its way into a future flight. I apologize. I saw the word anejo and I thought, okay, this is tequila. I didn't even pay attention. So apparently I bought the wrong thing. I apologize. Why don't we move on to the next one? So the next one is actually going to be, uh, it is going to be an actual tequila Anejo. It is the Tequila Comos. Right. Now, this one actually comes in a phenomenal packaging. So this comes in a wooden box and is a very, very intricate, handmade, uh, looks looks like some type of ceramic packaging, has a, a special seal on it. So definitely is uh, very high-end looking. It is... Like a old world Mayan, like an old world Mayan vase. It's like has the the blue paint on there that's been glazed, um, pottery style. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a pottery style bottle. So this is actually really kind of cool. A cool little fact about this particular tequila. They actually distill and store this on the side of a volcano in Mexico, which is called the tequila volcano. And so the leftover juice that gets fermented, um, it gets twice distilled in copper stills. Um, and this is sort of really, really cool. So this is an Anejo, which tends to be a very dark amber color. You'll notice this is clear. I was going to ask us, I said, are you sure this the is Anejo? It's clear is one of the distillation processes is through, uh, like a, I guess a proprietary charcoal style, distillation process which removes the color so this is going to be that's really really very and you can you can smell this has got very very oaky now oh yeah so you're starting to get a lot more of the the oak flavors in it but it's because these have all been aged between one to three years so these are all going to be much much longer age you're going to really start getting a lot of the oaky the vanilla notes from the barrel I'd like to also add that um, to the bottle in terms of the appearance, uh, it's definitely a bottle that you would not be able to bring yourself to throw away. You'd have to keep it. It's oh, such yeah. a beautiful oh, 100%. bottle. Oh, 100%. All right. Um, nice smell. Let's give it a taste. Real smooth. ton of cinnamon. Yeah. Some I can really... in there. I'm detecting. Mmm. It's okay. Wow, that's lovely. That's fantastic. It's okay. 
I, I would disagree with you both on this. There it is. I think we found There's his, it. his tequila that he does not like. I think I found it. I wouldn't say I don't like it, um, it's but I wouldn't say it's as good as that Jose we just had. Mm-hmm. But it, it has a very delicate flavor, a very simple flavor. It's not, I don't think intricate. I don't think wild and crazy. I just think a, a good sipping alcohol. Um, I, I am detecting like a hint of sweetness. I don't know if it's coming from like cinnamon or maybe the sweetness of the agave or something, but it definitely has a very fresh kind of flavor. Like it, it makes me think of like freshness. I don't know, like a filtered, like you mentioned how the, the distillation process removes the color. I, I get this feeling that it's very, I, I just, I feel like I should be near the ocean drinking it and hang, hanging out on the beach. Absolutely. You, it, it puts you in a place when you drink it. And I will say, cause, you know, because you, it's not your favorite. I definitely will say as you move into the, the Anejos and the extra Anejos, they become significantly more um, personalized in the sense of what, like, what people do and don't like. Because they've, they've been aged so much longer, they really start to take on the characteristics of how they've been stored. Um, so this particular bottle was right out of, I think, $100. So it's very smooth. You can tell it's made with very, very high quality blue agave. Um, but like I said, it's because of the way they distill it very differently, creates a much different complex flavor, and it's definitely not going to be for everyone. It's not what I would recommend is for somebody jumping into tequila. I, I would agree. I think that I personally, um, it might be a bit too complex. I'm not, I'm, I'm not able to appreciate the complexity of it, because I am still at a point where I'm drinking with my eyes. Yes. So I see it, and I, like I said, I expected it to be darker. Mm-hmm. So you said, "Hey, it's it's an anejo," and I said, "Well, it's not. It's not yeah, dark." It's so automatically, my brain is sending signals like, "Hey, man, this isn't this isn't going to jive with you." Um, and it's not that it's bad by any means to anybody listening. It's it is a super complex. It's almost like if you were. If you were going to drive a F1 race car, that's the dream of people's to, to drive an F1 race car. But it's so complex, you can't appreciate it because you're so busy trying to figure it out. So right now I'm trying to figure it out. It's not. This not, is not definitely working. and I, I would not consider myself even close to an expert on tequila. But it's definitely one of those tequilas where if you haven't really tried a ton of tequilas and you haven't really like spent the time, I guess, trying to to learn a ton about them and really pick up on those flavors. It's not something you can appreciate. Right. Um, it's definitely going to be one of those where the, the much more versed tequila drinkers, honestly, even some experts, you'd really have to kind of have that particular palate to pick up on the stuff to appreciate it. I definitely, I picked up the floral sort of the floral and the cinnamon right when I drank it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely not nearly as complex as something like that. Jose Cuervo, which was freaking awesome. But again, the Jose Cuervo is dark. And it's that's like for some reason your brain is like, all right, this is going to be very, uh, very good, very succulent. It's because because it matches your the flavor profile versus and what you see. To be very fair, okay, I feel like this particular tequila, it's really upselling on the appearance and the packaging. Oh, 100 percent. You know, the bottle's beautiful. It comes in this like wooden it's thing. Gorgeous. I mean, it's, yeah. It is. It looks beautiful on the shelf. And I feel like, and this is just my honest opinion, I feel that the Jose uh, decided to skimp a bit on packaging and deliver on flavor 
and these folks tried to upsell on the packaging and maybe slightly under under delivered, especially considering that both these are almost the same price. Oh, and that's absolutely. like an eighty dollar bottle. It's actually more. It's probably yeah. It's probably fifteen twenty dollars more expensive than the Jose. Yeah. Interesting. So then you pay him for the bottle. <laughs> next up, just like the Jose, we have the Extra Anejo Patron. Um, that's also a name that is kind of synonymous with a, a mixer kind of tequila in general, but people don't realize Patron makes some very, very high-end tequilas. I mean, it is what translates to the boss. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, what, it, that's what it means. And I, and I don't know if you guys can hear it, but one of the things that was very, very cool about this particular bottle is it, com- it comes in a fairly nice box. It's not incredibly intricate, but it is packaged... Um, and this very kind of cool um, foil that was just very, very high-end. And then you actually see the bottle, and you can tell the bottle was hand-blown. You see a lot of the imperfections in the actual glass. Um, that's always nice to see because, again, when you're spending this, I think this particular bottle is probably close to $100, if not a little bit over. Um, it's it's definitely something you want to see. Real cork. Real cork. Yes. Wait, awesome wait, sound. wait. Let's just see. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to open this volcanic bottle and I want to see what type of cork it was. It was synthetic. Mm. I don't think. I don't think. Ha. Oh, not Syn- real. Synthetic cork. Mm. I'm seeing a trend here. The, the real corks are up and the synthetic corks are down. But I can tell you, just from, just from what I see with my eyes, this is what anejo is. So this, this is what I expect. It's actually very interesting. So when you smell this, oh, it almost smells rummy. I know. Oh, it smells. I would just so like good. to add. Uh, you know, I was I was around doing the pouring here, Eric here. Eric here. Now, the, we're getting to that part of the, of the podcast where uh, I might be a little soft. Okay. A little three the sheets. appearance of this bottle is absolutely beautiful. And the color, it's a clear bottle. Um, the color of this spirit, it just screams. Oh, it's it's beautiful amber color. A real dark amber. I love the packaging. Uh, it, it's great that it's a nod to the way that Patron is, you know, the Patron bottle is the Patron bottle. I'm digging it. So let's, uh, let's give it a smell. The bottle reminds me of if you've seen an auto hammer in a metal shop, how it kind of just keeps stomping. And if you see someone trying to work like a curve on a piece of metal, the bottle it looks like that exactly. Like they, someone was trying to form the curve with an auto you hammer. You can 100% tell this bottle was handmade. Oh, yeah. Especially it's, compared to some of the other bottles, the Avion bottle that you spoke about that was very kind of plain. Mm-hmm. Um, and even there's actually a Mezcal that we have coming up that you can definitely tell have all been sort of very mass produced. This particular bottle is definitely handmade and you can tell. Mm. Well, just from the nose, it, is, it smells extremely sweet. and It's got a rum-like It's very smell. fruity. It is extremely fruity. Oh, it tastes good too. <laughs> oh, buddy. Mm. That's where it's at. That's the hotness that, right there. That is where it's at. I feel like this is the one that makes me want to like don my sombrero, sombrero, <laughs> grab a couple of pistols, start shooting in the air, and yelling at the top of my lungs. I don't know what the price point is on that bottle, but that is the best one of the day for me. Mm. So it's actually very interesting. 
because this is probably my least favorite. Oh, no. See, that tells you the difference between the beginner tequila drinker and the more experienced tequila drinker. Now, it is it is absolutely phenomenal. You, when you when you drink it, the top notes, they're, they're very cinnamony, which you will definitely find with the Anejos just because they've really soaked in some of that American oak. Um, but it, it still it bites very similar to like a rum or a bourbon. It's exactly why I like and, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I, I prefer that. And, then, and a lot of that's going to definitely still be personal preference. But uh, it's definitely my least favorite only because of that. It's got just that extra initial kind of heat to it. But it's still it's still very, very good. Well, in, in regards to tasting like bourbon, it also looks like bourbon. So if you pour these two into, uh, you know, highball glasses next to, say, bourbon and this next to it, you would not be able to tell the difference. That's the color profile. It is that dark of an amber. Um, and no joke, it it tastes very similar to bourbon the way that it starts. It finishes like tequila. But man, does it. Does it taste like bourbon in the beginning? It is good, though. It is amazing. It. That's, that is, is my favorite. That's my favorite so far. Yeah. Absolutely. But again, we're both bourbon and... Well, you're a scotch drinker and bourbon. I do mainly bourbon. I think that's why we gravitate towards that. And Corey is more of the Blanco tequila. The reposado. The, like that, that super clean finish. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. If these te- tequilas here represent ladies... <laughs> I certainly would not kick any of them out of the bed so far. I might, I might kick the last one out before the Patron. Maybe, maybe that one gets a bag over the head. <laughs> yeah, but, so we, but, the, but. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> moving right, along. What, what are we? What <laughs> so are we, we moving have, on to? Here? We have two more. But so here's actually a very, very interesting thing that gets kind of misconstrued with tequila, and as we spoke about earlier, mezcal. So all tequilas are mezcal, but not all. Te- not all mezcals are tequila. So it's very similar. Good. Very similar to whiskey and bourbon. Yes. Yes. In the sense that they're all some like early, even scotch, mm-hmm. like scotch and bourbon are essentially types of whiskey. Right. Right. And it's very, very similar. So before we go to probably my absolute favorite tequila that I've ever tried in my Ooh. life, we have a award winning mezcal. So this particular mezcal, a lot of mezcals actually, um, they fall into the same category as tequila in the sense that they make Blancos, Reposados, and Ajos. Um, this particular one's a Blanco because of the distillation process. But any bourbon or whiskey drinkers are going to absolutely love the Mezcals. And again, the only difference between a Mezcal and a tequila is that they were made outside of a certain... Uh, is it region like region? Mm-hmm. So, so there are five regions in uh, Mexico that you can I officially grow. The, the, I appreciate the, 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 the enunciation. Yeah, yeah. So there are f- five different regions that you can. You know grow the tequila. tequila's working now. <laughs> <laughs> there are nine different regions you can make mezcal. Now, the one other minor difference to mezcal is that you actually can use other variations of agave. So mm. with true tequila, you can only use legally. Blue Weber agave. There's a couple of different versions of the mezcal agave you can use. Now, you'll also notice when you smell this particular one, it is incredibly smoky. It's actually it smokier is. than Holy the cow. scotch uh, tequila that we use, the scotch uh, Don Julio. The reasoning for that is they're actually cooked completely differently, which is what creates that flavor. Yeah. So Mezcal on- has a very smoky profile, yes. and that's generally like... 
attributed to mezcal as yes. a spirit. The reason for that is because in tequila, you were actually cooking them and you're cooking them in ty- certain types of ovens as well as distilling them typically in some type of copper stills. With mezcal, the agave is actually cooked in the ground and then distilled technically and stored through different types of clay or some type of ceramic. I have a question for you, Corey. Do you are you big into scotch? I actually of all of the the whiskeys, scotch is probably my favorite. It's because you really you said this was your favorite tequila and it because it's so smoky, which yes. is a very big factor in scotch because they put it like well most scotches will have a, a ton of peat in it, which mm-hmm. it gives it that scotch flavor. That's why I was like, okay, I bet this I bet Corey likes scotch. That's actually one of the reasons I don't like scotch is because I don't like that that smoky flavor. It'll be very, very interesting to see how this plays out because I smelled it and... It's actually... The smell of all mezcals tends to be... And there's a variance in like quality. Mm-hmm. All mezcals smell very, very smoky. This particular one is incredibly smooth. And you should, at the very, very end of the note of this particular taste, you should kind of have some briny kind of accents to it. So definitely be... Looking out for that taste. I will say this. I'm, I'm probably really excited for something that I shouldn't be excited for. <laughs> it's like looking at a train coming at you. Oh, okay. Let's do it. I am. All right. Well, well we already established. I can, it's it's, extremely smoky. It very, very smells smoky like aroma. liquid smoke. Like if you've ever smelled, smelled liquid smoke to put onto your meat, it smells Let's like Let's give that. it a taste. Yes. Ooh, I like that. It's incredibly smooth. I'm going to go on a limb and it's say di- Matt it, does not like different. it. It's different. It's different. It's very different. But I love it. And again, mm. the, the smoky flavor is very much attributed to the, the earthy tones that are created as the smoked agave is cooked in the ground. Okay. So I can say definitively that it's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. It, it's it, complex. It is complex. Maybe it's a little outside of what my brain is able to compute but the finish is really good like uh, as it i it's super super smoky give it about three or four seconds let it flow over that olfactory nerve and really you're able to take in all those flavors and it's it's different a lot than like the any of the scotches bourbons whiskeys Mm -hmm. where the smokiness can be pretty much directly correlated to how it's going to taste this particular one, I think, although it's still smoky and it has a smoky flavor to it, you don't get nearly as much of a bite as you're expecting from the aroma that's created. I would agree. I think that's just because of the, like, it, it is proofed down. It's yes. about 40 proof. So it is a little bit less uh, aggressive on, on the alcohol front. Very smooth. Very smooth. Very smoky. Long finish. Mm. But it's very pleasant. I'm it's not gonna, distinctively. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yes. I, I enjoyed that. It's not something it's I very, would choose. I'd like to mention but, also uh, the bottle. Super, super simple. Um, yeah, it's not trying to prove anything. Very it's, simple. It's saying, hey, here, a mezcal here. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. No, I, I think I, that could be attributed um, to, especially as I mean, drinking a lot of mezcals. If I'm in like a bourbony mood, the bourbons just, they always give me really bad heartburn. So I tend to stay away from them. Mm-hmm. But when I drink a lot of mezcals, all of the bottles tend to be incredibly simple. And I just think it's because that is not super Americanized. And so they're not really trying to appeal to an American audience as nearly as much. I can see that. Wow. 
I mean, that's, I mean, it's still there. Like, you know, three or four minutes after, after the drink, I can, it's there. yeah, it's still there. It's still saying hi. Um, it's, it's good. It's good. So last but not least, we have our Classa Azul. Now, have you actually tried this, Matt? I have not. Oh, this is going to be awesome. So this is actually my favorite tequila of all time, especially for the price. So unfortunately, this is the most expensive of all of the bottles. Um, this particular bottle is a Classa Azul Reposado. Um, you get a lot out of this. I, I know we, we brought a kind of a used bottle down. However... This particular bottle is in a beautiful white and blue ceramic. That is probably the most gorgeous bottle on the table. And for you guys listening, if you if you check out the IG profile for LLP, we're gonna post pictures of all of the of all of the the bottles. That is the most elaborate bottle on the table, one hundred percent. Oh, oh boy! Yeah, look, look at, at that. that! So we are actually finishing this bottle on this this podcast. You boys went to work before I got here. <laughs> now this is a really really cool thing about this particular bottle. Um, so these bottles are one hundred percent hand painted. So technically speaking, every single bottle of this tequila is unique. Just that's, from the, that's from the really, sense that really it's, cool. it's all totally handmade. Now, Classa Azul makes. Some very, very high-end tequilas. Their cheapest tequila is just under $100. This particular bottle is going to range, depending on what state you're in, it's going to range from about $120 up to $200 a bottle. So this is really starting to... This is the entry level, in my opinion, of premium, premium tequilas. Look, Um, I'm not going to lie. This... I've had this before, and this by far is the best tequila I've ever drank. It is so good. I'm really excited. So about immediately, we saved the best for life. Immediately, when you smell this, and this is a reposado. This is not an anejo, so it hasn't been. You know, it's actually only been aged in oak for eight months. But so you immediately actually smell aromas of butter. You get a tiny bit of smoked of a of a cooked agave smell to it. Um, a little bit of a fruity aroma. The taste on this particular tequila, as you taste it, is going to be incredibly fruity. So it's gonna it's gonna be super super smooth. This is kind of the epitome if you're getting into tequila of sipping tequilas. I would also like to add that if you can't sip this and enjoy it, and if you don't like it, chances are you're not a tequila person, and or you have a problem. So the <laughs> notes that I'm getting are just beautiful. Like I feel like Paula Dean like helped them make this. And just to give you guys an idea of this, of the the level of this tequila is. This is one of their entry level tequilas. Their bottles go all the way up to nearly four hundred thousand mm. dollars, and, and some of those are a little more because of the the ornateness of the bottles and things like that. But they actually make a bottle that is called their ultimate, um, and it ranges anywhere from a few thousand to almost ten thousand dollars per bottle. So, does a sultry senorita come pour it for you for that much money? I would very much hope so. Gosh. Do they hand deliver it on a on a on a on a horse drawn carriage? I would again. I would hope so. the The cool thing about this particular um, the owner of Classa Azul, he actually went back to school in the U.S. for essentially like high end marketing. Got his doctorate in high end marketing, master's or doctorate, I can't remember. Um, and then really kind of va- revamped Classa Azul to have much higher end again packaging. So even you know when we were talking about like Microtech knives and things like that. You know, we have the sort of higher end packaging and it's an experience. When you buy a bottle of Classe Azul, every bit of it is, every bit of it is an experience. And it actually even has a bell 
on top of the bottle. For every time you finish a bottle, you ding it, which we get to do because we finished it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's give it a taste. Come on, Matt. I gave you a big pour, brother. I know. That's what I'm looking at. Mm. Exceptional. Oh, man. Mm. That Son. Is, is exquisite. Son. That is the best tequila that I've ever had. That I'd have to ring the bell. That is absolutely exquisite. Wow. I'm absolutely blown away by that. I mean, it's zero bite, super smooth. The actual taste itself Very has... savory. It's savory and sweet. It, the, the biggest difference between this one and the other tequilas you guys have tried is this one has very, very notable buttery smooth fruit notes it is to I the can, taste i can almost feel like if you if you ever eaten like ben and jerry's ice cream how it has a very very high fat content to it it almost feels like it has like a fat content to the drink it is amazing i cannot convey this in words how good that is all right i'm gonna ring the bell here here we go oh again there we go. Third time's a charm. Trace. So say we all. All hell the tequila <laughs> gods. I, I feel like we just summoned a Mayan god somehow. They're going to show up any minute. I can get down with the marketing. I think that just doing that is like a significant type of event. But for all of you guys listening, if you have the opportunity and the means to do so, that tequila is absolutely exquisite. Wow. I'm color me impressed. If that was not the end of the bottle, I would have another one. I was really good. We have to go buy some more. It's yeah, not, I it's have. not, well, I mean, it, it absolutely breaks the mold on what those previous tequilas tasted like. It didn't smell like any of the other tequilas. It didn't taste like any of the other tequilas. And the bottle doesn't look like any of the tequilas. I mean, it's... This is actually the tequila that turned me into a tequila person. So That's I tried great. it. Again, my my initial, going into it, my initial impressions of tequila were, it's tequila, it's shots, it's margaritas. And I had a friend who bought a bottle, let me try it. It was literally like nothing, as you kind of experienced, nothing like I've ever tasted before, especially from tequila. And so that totally turned me on to tequila. And again, the best thing about it is because of the the nature of where the fermentation process and everything comes from with it being actually from agave, I feel fantastic the next day. I don't really, you know, you don't get the hangover feel, in my mm -hmm. opinion, from like true high quality tequila. Um, and that is genuinely what started me on my my kind of quest for being a tequila person. Okay, so as we wrap up uh, today's episode, this has been wonderful. I have really enjoyed these. So if we had to rank these quickly, a oh. quick ranking. Okay. I know that's difficult. We had quite a few spirits. Maybe instead of ranking all of them in order, what were your favorite three? Start Three being the least favorite, one being your favorite. I'm really glad you narrowed it down to three because that's really the only ones that are, that are memorable. Um, which would be top 
of the class would be the Classe Azul. Second would be the Patron. And then third would be that one. I don't know the name of it. Jose, I can't say it. The, oh, the Jose the Cuervo. Out, the Reserva. Yes, Fam- the Reserva. Familia. Those three, which ironically are, are all on the darker side. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, I would have to say I agree with you 110%, except I would switch the Patron mm-hmm. and Jose. Uh, I'd put the Patron in number three slot, Jose in number two, and then, of course, our, our beautiful potion bottle there. I mean, it's such a gorgeous bottle. And out of everything that we have sampled here, that last one there. That just blew my mind, it, man. It, it has it in appearance, in flavor. It has the total package. It's it's a bottle you can't stand yourself to th- you know you can't stand to throw it away. I'm gonna go buy one after the show. I know where you can get one. Yeah, I mean it's. So I'm gonna give this is kind of breaking away from the mold. I'm gonna give an honorable mention to the Avion simply because out of all of the reposados we tried, it definitely is actually very uh, complex enough to where a non tequila drinker can really pick up on some of the notes that were part of the making of that tequila. But so then my top three from worst to best would be the limited edition Don Julio that was in the Scotch barrels, the Lagoulin barrels. Mm-hmm. I'm then going to go the Jose Cuervo Reposado, the Familia that's fantastic. And then my absolute favorite tequila still to this day that I've ever tried is the Clasa Azul Reposado. Agreed. And I would agree that there's a reason that is the best you've ever tried because it is guys, the best. Uh, they certainly flexed today and uh they they showed that they are really a, a world-class tequila <laughs> gotta ring one for the homies that's awesome well uh we're gonna wrap up today's podcast i Wait. appreciate those of you who joined us here uh matt has one more thing to interject here what you got pal we really have to say thank you to maya and mings for supporting the show and continuing guys go check out their general jose's chicken it You've is got to, die to for. get the General Jose's chicken. It will put you in Flavor Town, and be sure Absolutely. to grab you a good tequila to go with it. That's right, the Dynasty Margarita. Get it. See you guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Every Friday here on Life, Liberty, and Pursuit. Thank you so very much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this flight as much as we did. And we're gonna go don a sombrero and shoot some pistols in the air and yell fun things. That's right. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Life, Liberty, and Pursuit. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. You can support us over on Ballistic Inc. by picking yourself up some merch. And remember, guys, dangerous freedom. Have a good one.